We're going to talk about Earth in context tonight because I remember when I was in youth group, a lot of times in youth group, I would sit through the message and at the end I wouldn't really remember what was said. But there was one message I remember really, really well. It was a guest speaker. It was my friend's dad, and he was a dentist. Uh, so, yeah, Mr. Van Team was the best, uh, one of the best messages I heard. He essentially talked about space. It's just like, I'm a dentist, but I really enjoy astronomy. I like seeing just how big the universe is. And kind of like what happened by the end of the night, I think we even came out of that singing the song, Indescribable, just made sense because space is just so big. The further you go, you're just like, holy crap, we're so tiny. <laughs> do we even matter? God shows us that we do. Um, but seeing like the hugeness, the vastness of it all just kind of like, opens you up to what God's doing on, on an even greater level. So, uh, we're going to put Earth into context. For us, it's a giant place, right? I mean, yeah, you don't... If you want to... Today, you can hop on a plane and get to the other side of the world within a fair amount of time. Back in the day, it would take you weeks, months, uh, you know, if you even knew where you were going. So, it's huge to us. But from, like, a space perspective, we're actually quite tiny so we'll start with earth our pale blue dot as carl sagan would like to say four thousand miles in radius not very well it's huge for us but uh it's not all that big once we zoom out a little bit more um that's almost twice the size of mars and mercury so we're still bigger than some other planets and it's slightly bigger in v- than venus but there's other planets in our solar system that make us look super tiny. Uh, Uranus and Neptune right here, and I'm trying, I tried to do math to kind of scale these, but it's not perfect and sometimes maybe really bad. <laughs> but Uranus and Neptune are about 15,000 miles in equatorial radius. So they're like almost four times, yeah, four times as big as uh as us so it just keeps getting bigger the further you go out um if we get to saturn saturn's thirty-six thousand miles so the earth keeps becoming tinier and tinier making even uh uranus and neptune look pretty small if we keep heading out we get to jupiter jupiter is the biggest planet in our solar system at forty-three thousand miles it's not that much bigger than uh well, you know, everything has its sizes relative the further you get out. But it's, Jupiter is so big that it actually has storm systems that are bigger than the Earth. Uh, the great red dot, I don't know if you've heard of this storm, sorry, the great red spot. Uh, it's been raging for at least 150 years. We don't know how long, uh, but Jupiter has this storm that's bigger. It's twice as wide as our entire planet. And as you can see, like we just keep shrinking here. This still doesn't really show us how big Jupiter is. Uh, Helps us to measure it in different ways. So uh, it's nearly 11 times the size of us in equatorial radius. So if you were to stack Earth on top of itself 11 times, then you would finally reach the the length of of Jupiter. Um, Or another way to think about it, if you wanna know how many we could fit Earth inside of this, we could put uh, about 1,300 Earths inside of Jupiter. So again, showing how tiny we are. 
And you could actually fit all the planets. Everything that we just saw would all fit inside of Jupiter alone. So altogether, space just keeps getting bigger and bigger. But, of course, this isn't the end. If we zoom out further, we, of course, have to take into mind the sun. Uh, you can see Earth <laughs> right here in comparison to the sun. And even Jupiter is, is super small in comparison to the sun. Um, let's see, the sun is about 10 times bigger than Jupiter. You could cram uh, a bunch of Earths inside the sun, about 1,300,000 of them. So just, you know, the more we go, the smaller we get. So the sun within our solar system is like the biggest thing, like by far. But if you keep zooming out outside of our solar system, now we've been like measuring things much, much further away as long as we can see them. We're actually like many, many, many years down the line. There's plenty of things we're not actually going to be able to see anymore. Since everything's moving away from each other at uh, um, its own pace, eventually the speed of light that many stars are giving off like if you fast forward billions of years, you'd look up and you wouldn't see any stars at all. Future scientists might look back at the scientists of our day and be like, they were insane. They kept talking about these little lights in the sky. Obviously, those don't exist. We have no idea what they were talking about, you know, because light can't keep up with the Earth. Everything's moving faster and faster. On top of that, there's plenty of stars out there that when you look in the sky, you can see them, but they're not there anymore. Uh, you're just looking at the ghosts of them. So since light has a speed, if a star goes out, you would be looking at the light that it left off perhaps hundreds of years ago. It's just finally reaching our planet now, but it may be dead already. So all that being said, like you look up into space and there's a lot you can see, a lot you can't see. You're looking at history in space. Those stars aren't necessarily in those places anymore. You're just looking at where they used to be once the light finally hits you. But when we do look deeper and deeper, it seems like things just keep getting bigger. So the sun, you can fit, again, a million Earths inside of it. But if you look at a, a star like UI Scooty, I don't, I don't know who comes up with these names. Some guy named Scooty, I'm sure. Scooty is about 1,700 times the size of our star. So by all means, it just keeps getting bigger. And if you start measuring things in other ways too, they continue to get bigger as well. Uh, the Boss Great Wall, um, some scientists have started creating these uh, kind of great wall systems. Like that picture you're looking at would be different kinds of galaxies, um, but the galaxies seem to have been taking on kind of line formations. If you were to measure how long this wall of galaxies is, the Boss Great Wall would be, I think it's seven sextillion miles long. Like, how many zeros we got? Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, twenty-one, twenty-two decimal points. Probably not. I'm bad at math. <laughs> twenty-two zeros all the way to to how big this gets. It's it's huge. Uh, so on top of that. When we start to look out there, scientists for a long time have been saying, like, all these little galaxies, there's about 200 billion as far as we can estimate as to what's out there. More recent studies back in 2016, they said we're dividing galaxies wrong. There's got to be more galaxies than that. So now we're at about 2 trillion galaxies out there. 
Now, our galaxy is, you know, the Milky Way galaxy. That's more than our solar system. Our galaxy is huge. We can hardly see too much further beyond that. But imagine all of that, the Milky Way, times two trillion, and that's, <laughs> that's existence, right? So this is, like, we're going to get into, like, the idea of, like, could there be aliens, things like that next week. Uh, but the reason that you even might want to ask that is, like, Two trillion galaxies. You can't see much of any of that. So why is it there? You know, when I was younger, I was I was always like, well, God made the stars so humans could see it. God's just so generous with beauty. He put those up there. But scientific logic undoes that, right? It's like you can't see two trillion galaxies up there. You can hardly see just your own. So why is that there? It's not for you. <laughs> maybe maybe it's for someone else. Uh, things like that. Um, things continue to get larger and larger as we're seeing Uh, and all these galaxies floating around out there eventually they'll come and crash into each other so this is I think it's like 4 billion years from now Milky Way galaxy us up in, in the corner there and the Andromeda galaxy will actually come by each other but rather than crash into each other because there's a lot of space between everything Gravity between the two is going to kind of interrupt them and pull them in different ways, basically creating a a new galaxy of sorts, placing new stars in new places. So in like five billion years, you would look up at the sky and you'd have a completely different constellation system, completely different galaxy. It would all be seen in, in a different light. So even the universe as it is, is continually kind of like restructuring itself and doing new works and and things like that. Okay, so we zoomed out to see how big things are. Pause for a minute. Comments, stories, times when you had a moment where you saw just how big things were and it blew your mind. I think uh, one of the stories for like when I like saw something so big that it blew my mind was actually back when I was playing uh, D&D for the first time. I kind of opened my mind up to a whole new world of like how far your imagination can really go what that means to like our universe as well and how that all expands, but mine was more on the imagination. And we can think of as many things as we have in our minds, but we can think of any combination of all those things as well. Um, and you can mix and match so much that you can create people in your dreams that don't actually exist. Hmm. Just because of your imagination and how good you are at imagining things on it opened my mind up to the world of like how big things could be just when I was like, well, I can imagine like beyond what I was thinking before, I'm capable of a lot just myself, you know, if there is a creator, look how amazing that is. Yeah. Just how deep that can go too, you know, like even when you're having like an actual dream dream, the rate at which my mind paints my dreams so quickly that I can't even sometimes tell if I'm in real life or not. I'm just like, man. <laughs> It just your brain goes so deep on what it's registering. It's just crazy. You know, the same's true if you were to get into quantum theory about how tiny things get. Right now, we're looking at how big it gets. If you got into quantum theory about how tiny things get, like everything just gets out of control. It's confusing. There's different uh, um, dimensions and things like this that when scientists try to like give you analogies or like a video rendering it still doesn't make any sense just to look at it uh and that right there is like man you know if you were to if you were to shrink down to a quantum level 
you wouldn't even understand what you're looking at. Just to realize creation is that complicated on a small level, on our level, and on a much bigger level. It's just insane. Um, things could technically get bigger than what we've even said. You know, we said two trillion galaxies in the universe. But some scientists have put out the idea of multiverse. What if universe, which, you know, uni, unicycle, uni's one, right? So what if there isn't just one universe? What if there are more universes? Uh, and this, for us, we like to play out in TV shows, things like that, you know, like the multiverse or parallel universes where it's you, but you're you're different you're you're a guy in that universe or a girl in that universe and it's you ate eggs one morning instead of bacon if sure (laughs) you eat screws for breakfast instead of cereal you know just you can paint all these different things it always just seems like fun television but scientists actually play around with this idea and some some scientists would say that this is just like philosophy there's there's nothing you can really say about it there actually is some confusing parts to astronomy that the idea of um, multiverses solves or adds to these theories. Um, but here's basically how multiverse would work. So if you were to consider our universe as one bubble, right? We're a planet inside of that bubble, and then we've got our solar system inside of a bigger bubble, and then a galaxy inside of that bubble, and then a universe inside all these universes inside of a a bubble if you were to zoom out all the way to the point that you pop out of that bubble the idea of multiverse theory is what you would look around you would see infinite universes in all direction so say this one's ours we pop out as soon as we pop out of the wall you just kind of glance around and there could be all these universes everywhere else um The idea of parallel universes isn't impossible under this theory simply because if you deal a card 52 times, eventually people are going to get the same exact cards. Um, So scientists would say if if there are infinite universes out there, then the cards are being dealt and occasionally they're going to look the same way. So in some universe, you could have Earth, you know, almost exactly the same or earth but very different or some universes you know the the moment that sparked them all of that data if you will could have been completely wrong and just nothing is there nothing lives there uh it's not even close to what our universe looks like wherever the case may be um scientists don't completely throw this out the window brian green who's kind of like the weirder neil degrasse tyson (laughs) Uh, Brian Greene, in his book, he said, cutting-edge research yields a cosmos in which there are not only parallel universes, but parallel, parallel universes. Suggests that reality is not only expansive, but abundantly expansive. Uh, I think this works a lot, too, with the understanding of the fact that, well, you know, we don't have time to get into that. I'm not even going to go there. (laughs) Um, Anyways, that's science zooming out to like a maximum level, popping out of our universe, looking around in all directions, just universe after universe after universe. And as a Christian, uh, it speaks a lot to me of like God's omniscience, like he knows it all, not just what's happening on our planet, but in every, every galaxy, every universe, things like that. Um, any questions or thoughts at this point?
I always think when you're playing around with multiple different universes, it would almost suggest if God was outside of that realm and he could see each individual universe. Like that plays into prophecy, you know. Like if you do this, then this will happen and you can see no matter like what decision. I just said I wasn't gonna go there, Joel. (laughs) (laughs) So I will say it this way, my understanding of God's omniscience is uh, not that he has written out a book and things are happening exactly as it's happening. And a lot of people would tell me, well, Jamin, you don't believe that God knows all then. And my response to that is actually, I have more faith that God knows all. I believe that he knows what happens between the 16 decisions you chose in the morning. He knows how every one of those will lead to the next thing. So I don't have a lower view of God's omniscience where I don't think it's scripted exactly as it's going. I don't think I was predestined to wake up this morning and skip breakfast. I think that God knows, like, Jamin, whatever decision you make, I know the outcome and where that will lead next, and I give you the free will to make that decision. And I always use multiverse theory as a way to look at that. So imagine if God had multiple universes, infinite multiple universes, and there was enough of me throughout all of them, uh, I would have to understand that God knows what's happening in every one of those and therefore knows every single step that I would take regardless of what scenario I'm in. But I use that just as an analogy, right? I even think of, who's the person that gets captured in the Old Testament that God says, if you leave, you'll get yeah, so when uh, David's being hunted by Saul, God's like, uh, David's like, uh, should if I stay here, will Saul get me? And God's like, yeah. yeah. So he leaves. <laughs> so God knew what the outcome was if he stayed, and he had the free will to stay, but God also knew like he could leave. With that, God could see every decision that David would make and also yep. every decision that Saul would make and every outcome that he would make would always end with him being captured. Yeah. It's actually a higher view of God's omniscience, in my opinion. And I think it's harder for a lot of people to believe that God's wisdom could be that infinite of knowing every decision you make. And it's easier for some to believe that he's just crafting exactly how the book goes and eventually you just close it up and everything went according to plan. I don't believe that that's the system that the, the Bible really lays out. Um, yeah, good thoughts. Well, for me, uh, I tend to have a few artistic elements to my life. It speaks volumes about God to me on a creative level, right? I mean, uh, I didn't just write one book and I was like, okay, I never got to do that again. I actually had like an itch, like I want to write more books. And then in like two or three years, I wrote like five. Uh, Music. I never just like wrote one song. I was like, okay, that's out of my system. Won't have to go back to that. Fritten over a hundred songs throughout my life because it's something I keep coming back to. I keep wanting to create. And I think that echoes a lot about who God is because when you look at him, he is an artist. He is a creator. You look around, you see what he's made. Um, And it wasn't just the earth and he was done. No, there's two trillion galaxies worth of him continuing to go about creating different planets and galaxies. Like it, it didn't end there. And that's part of the reason I even have the conversation about aliens. Like, is it possible that God made us and loved that? But like, was that the itch that was gone after that? He didn't feel like he had to continue anymore. Or is it possible that within two trillion galaxies out there, 
he created again. He continued to do it. He's got the space there to do it for sure. So what's he what's he doing with all that? Uh, you even see creation as a you see throughout the Bible that the Holy Spirit is a creator, creates in the beginning. Uh, Job and Psalms talks about how God create the Spirit creates us in the womb, and then Revelation. Well, Paul talks about how the Spirit resurrects us, and that's a new creation. So you see the Holy Spirit at work in creation. There's even in Exodus, there's a passage where God tells Moses, like, there's this guy named Bezalel, and I'm going to put my spirit on him, and he's going to be a craftsman because of that. He's going to have knowledge as to how to do Basically, stuff that is creating is artistic. The first spiritual gift listed in the entire Bible is craftsmanship right here. Uh, To devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze. So you see the Holy Spirit working in creative ways uh, throughout the Bible as well. You also see God continually making new things, right? It wasn't just like he said, boom, and then creation was all over. No, things continue to create. The idea of evolution we've talked about, like that's the continuation of creation. If you have a drive inside of you to have a child, that is the continuation of creation. If you uh, feel like you want to sit down and write something or make something or carve something, that's the continuation of creation. And it continues to go on through us. Because that's a part of, I think, what it means to to be like God. He, he loves to create. Um, okay, well, I don't think there's a whole lot more I have to get into. Um, I'll say this. Uh, Johannes Kepler, back in 1610, when he realized that there were moons on Jupiter, he said those four little moons exist for Jupiter, not for us. Each planet in turn, together with its occupants, is served by its own satellites. From this line of reasoning, we deduce with the highest degree of probability that Jupiter is inhabited. Now, Kepler, you know, this was 400 years ago. It's not really good scientific thinking that Jupiter has aliens because it has moons. But you see the way that he's thinking. He's thinking those moons aren't there for humanity. They serve no purpose for us. And so he's got this mindset like moons exist to govern the night. Moons exist to... Give us light in the darkness. So if those are on Jupiter, who are those there for? So his, his thinking was wrong that there has to be aliens on Jupiter. But the way that he's thinking is, is a bit more, I don't even know if he was Christian or not. Uh, but the way that he's thinking is that uh, God could do that if he, he wanted. Or that there could be life because those moons don't exist for us. So uh, let me pray for us, and we'll go from there. God, we just thank you for how big you are. Um, That puts a lot of things in context for me. Sometimes I look at my sin, and I'm just like, oh, I'm sinful, I'm small, I'm gross, and I can't uh, keep it together. But the more I zoom out and the longer I realize how long the universe has been around, the more I'm like, you know what? God has probably put up with insubordination from people for a very, 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 very long time. And therefore, uh, his grace to me must be very abundant because he's learned how how people can be so uh, insubordinate 
and how grace is his answer. So God, we just thank you. We thank you that you're graceful, that you forgive, that you love, and that the whole universe and even beyond that is built in you in love. So we small little grains of sand here put our trust in you to take care of us, knowing that you're big enough to handle it. In Jesus' name, amen.